and welcome to a very, very special episode of the Worldwide Charts Pod. This is episode 27 of the WWC, um, but as I said, it's a, it's a special one. It's a massive one. Um, today, we cover a controversial but yet necessary conversation, and that conversation is unfortunately about racism, um, typically within Chelsea Football Club and along with racism in football in general. Um, before I get to my special guests, I, I want to introduce our regular people on this pod. Marv, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. How are you? No, I can't complain, brother. I can't complain. We just announced Kai Havertz. Things are yeah. looking good for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I've got Matt as well. How are you, Mr. Analysis? Oh, I'm very good. Very good after yesterday's news, but relaxing at the moment. Uh, sure. Um, and to our special guest today, we are honoured, we are privileged to be joined by none other than the man himself, Mr. Paul Cannaville. Um, Paul, for those who don't know, is Chelsea's first ever black player. Um, suffered outrageous abuse from our own fans in his playing days. Um, and who better to have on this this topic and on this pod to, to speak about them, King Canners himself. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the Worldwide Charles podcast, mate. How are you? Um, good evening and good evening. Well, it's evening here. I don't know what time it is <laughs> by you. Um, it's 3, 3 p.m. over here. Oh, well, it's afternoon. Um, <laughs> hi to all your listeners and to you again and to your colleagues. Um, I'm honoured to be here, um, to be honest, and glad that I am. So I'm looking forward to this conversation anyway. No, for sure. The honours all ours are pretty, honestly, the fact, you're, you're honestly one of our first major guests. I say major because it really is, you know, it's an honour for us to have you on, in all honesty. Thank um, you. So let's get into it. Uh, you know, you were signed by Chelsea in 1981, if I'm not mistaken, by That's Helen correct. for five grand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Going <laughs> cheap. <laughs> back then, back then it was, it was. I mean, if you consider it in today's money, it's it's nothing. Um, but what were your first impressions of Chelsea from the outside in, um, and that deal in general? Were you excited? Were you aware that you were the first black player ever? What was your? Got to be honest, and, and I say that I wasn't aware of the history at Chelsea. Um, okay. You could imagine I'm just a young black lad who wanted to be a professional. His dream was being wanted to be a professional by the age of five, and um, I'll get me wrong. It wasn't plain sailing. Um, I really had to take my football serious by the age of 15, 16 after coming out from Borstal. Um, and um, that's where moving down into the Slough, those who don't know, Slough, England, I then joined, um, yeah, um, Hillenden Borough and was travelling on the train, was in the youth team. Um, but was soon drafted into the first team. So um, from then, well, for me, it was a learning curve, um, through honestly. Um, football learned my, yeah, roots, um, football roots, should I say, in other sure. words. So for me, it was a case straight into the first team and being brought up, when I say, by other ex-professionals who just come out of the game learning from them, um, senior players, and there was improving, don't get me wrong, that I think by the age of 18, 19, then I started to go on trials to various clubs, like West Brom, Southampton, Wimbledon, um, and then Chelsea came along, and I went there for the week. Um, but it's funny, back then, nobody said nothing to you as an individual. 
and they don't say if you're doing well or you're doing all right. Just you don't hear nothing. So I didn't hear nothing for the whole week. We turned back to Hillingham Borough um, and fought really at that time because after going down to West Brom and Southampton, the same thing. Nobody said nothing. I thought, well, I'm either not good enough. You know, simple as that. Um, the scout there, Ron Stewart, who was at Chelsea, had came back um, and asked me, he's asked me simply, what's wrong? And I said, well, nobody said nothing. No, we are interested. Come back again. So through that second um, experience, should I say trials, that's when I got signed um, by the late John Neal. And you can imagine how, you know what, all that years went by that I finally um, had my dream come true, that I signed professional forms for um, Chelsea Football Club. But yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't know the history of Chelsea at all. Um, and really and truly, I didn't even support them. I supported Leeds United, which later on I found <laughs> was oh. Was unacceptable. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I didn't know the history with that Chelsea and Leeds. I swear, Lord, but I kept that kind of quiet for a little while. <laughs> um, you can imagine. So, um, but yeah, Chelsea. You know what? It was a case of um, digging in, and I saw other black players there in the youth and so forth. Um, and I thought I didn't think nothing more, more of it. Um, my game yeah. was obviously was to break into that first team, and. By doing that, I had to play in the reserves. And I played in reserves, and it was just... I, to be honest, I found it so easy. From playing non-league, which was training twice every week, Tuesday and Thursday, here I am now, tra- training every day. And I found it so easy. Training was great fun. And obviously playing match games, obviously against reserve players and other clubs... I found, yeah, I was playing on the right, playing on the left, playing centre forward. I was, I was enjoying myself. You can imagine the bubble that was in me, obviously that first season. So, but um, yeah, I didn't know nothing. I didn't hadn't received nothing whilst playing in the reserves. So I, yeah, it was nothing to think, feel, or fear at that time for me. You know, but um, but saying that um. After four months, and that for me was was quick. I was drafted in after playing, doing well in my reserve games. Um, that I got called up to the first team, more or less to be a sub, which made which would made that to be my debut. Um, and that was, which everybody knows for me, that was against Crystal Palace. Now, you can imagine a young lad. You know what? Trust your managers come and see you, kind of. You're going to be sub playing Crystal Palace. You're on the, on the coach. And I was like, oh, man, that's great. You know what? Phoning family members. Everybody got to be down there to give me the support. Not thinking anything else. I'm buzzing. So got down in the coach, Celeste Park, and just watching around, taking in the surroundings, watching the crowd. I'm thinking, this is it. So um, nothing more. In the change room, getting the support by the lads. You know what I mean? Kenners, all the best when you get on. Come on, but I say thanks. You know what I mean. So you're getting stripped, you're getting changed, putting on your socks, putting on your boots, and everything. And you know what? Went out, warmed up. It was all right. I thought, yeah, 
this is it. This is my chance, you know. That's all a young lad is thinking about. If he gets that chance, how he's going to shine. Um, so anyway, the game started. And first 45 minutes, first half, it was nil-nil. Um, it was really kind of even, if I should say, the game. So I thought, you know what, if it continues like this, he's got to put me on second half. And you know I don't know if you, when you're playing football as a pro, pro young lad like myself, I always um, took interest from my uh, opponent. <laughs> and that was obviously the the right back. And I looked at the right back and the young white boy, or I should say he was young. <laughs> and I just knew that if I get that ball, I'm going to roast this boy. Just get me on. You know, so 2 2. Um, yeah, second half started, about 20 minutes went my way through. And it's still nil-nil, and I'm thinking, come on, man, change up, change it up, get me on, get me on. And I'm looking at the manager, he's not looking at me, I'm looking at the manager, trying to make all the noises to, to get the attention, and he's not, you know what I mean, taking Is that no, yeah, he's taking no interest in me. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm thinking that, must be last 15 minutes, 12, 13, it's going down, 14, 13, and I thought, nah, he's not bringing me on, he's going to keep it still. Then he just called the name. He said, Kenneth's going to get warmed up. And that was it, bruv. I was ready. So going down that line now, and while straight warming up and stretching and so forth, I started to hear this racist abuse. And I thought, my gosh. I thought, is this how the Crystal Palace fans react? And I thought, wow. I really was shocked. But I hadn't looked to nowhere. I'm just continuing... And paying attention to my stresses, I just want to get on. But the noise and the abuse, it was so bad. It's like I had to turn around. I had, I had to see who the arse is calling me this. And it, that was it. It's when I turned around and I saw that the abuse was not from Crystal Palace fans. It was coming from, a, a, not majority, some ignorant fans. Um of Chelsea and there were Chelsea fans that were racially abusing me and I was that don't get me wrong I've grown up with racism I was born in Southall yeah I've seen it I used to get stopped by police taken into the cells beat up then let out I've seen it but for some reason this shocked me more this really did shock me more coming from my own fans right and yeah I was a bit, yeah, I was taken from that because I didn't even want to get on the pitch, to be honest. I was really shocked up about it. I was numb. The, all the excitement, the adrenaline was taken away at this time. And when I got on the pitch, and they took off one of their favourite players in that time, and it was Clive Walker, uh, another winger. And um, that was difficult. It was a wow. I just couldn't wait for the referee to blow his whistle. He did, and I ran straight in the change room. I haven't done with that. I was, I mean, I've got to say this world, it was the quietest changing room I've ever been in. Because usually after a game and in the game, at half time, usually, you know, get the banter from all the players. But when they came in, they were so quiet. They obviously heard at the side of what I received and what could they say to me. You know what I mean? So I felt kind of waved for them, but like, my manager was always supportive to me. I've got to give him that John Neal, rest in peace. He was really, really supportive. 
And he's the one that came over to me. He said, boy, I don't know how you're feeling. But right now, those same ignorant people are the ones that pay your wages. What are you going to do? And he was right. Yeah, he was right. So, God, sorry, I was going into that one. Go no, ahead. no, we can listen to you talk all day, man. Oh, so. yeah, we, we can listen to you a lot. So it's cool. oh. I listen to you tell many of these stories on the fan cast. Uh, the okay. Talking- um, yeah. And uh, actually, uh, I'll get started. I'll take the first question. And uh, actually, my dad used to go uh, when you played. Um, mm. Actually, you, I think you left Chelsea just as I was born. Um, was it? Wow. Six. So that um, eighty six was it or eighty five? I think you went to Reading, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's when I was born. Um, so I have wow. watched a lot of you. My dad said you were a good player. Um, wow, and it bless. Really, to the question that um i mean growing up in the football world i mean you see now it's probably easier i mean we do see unfortunately a lot of racism but but how tough was it growing up in the 70s and actually learning your trade in youth football did you actually well, suck? did you get racism during the lower level or is it kind of at chelsea where you noticed it funny you know because you know as a kid don't get me wrong like i said before uh, i was born in south and it was mainly asians and uh, Dominican, Jamaicans, and so forth. And you know what? We got on as a family, and that was how it was. Even especially when I was at school, primary, it was Beaconsfield, anybody out there listening, it was Beaconsfield Primary School. And I used to be in the, well, in the team, every football, <laughs> every kind of school I went to, I was in the team. Yeah. But we had about four Asian guys in the team who were potentially skillful, and I mean, could have gone on to be pro. What it was that their family didn't see football as a career. It was business for them. They had their business, so they kind of had to follow into the business. Forget that football. And it was amazing that I just thought, wow, you know what I mean? So where I was playing football, like with the youth, never saw racism. Never, when, like Sunday, so I never saw racism. We, you know I mean? Because we was close, a close-knit family of boys that used to go to school together so we was all you know i mean tight but we never saw any racism who we played against only i think when i was growing up and i'll tell you it was when i was 12 years old and i remember this i went to my first live football game and i had to beg my mum and it was a white guy older than me that took me I had to ask my mum is it be all right she didn't want to take me because of hooliganism at that time she was really frightened for me and I had to beg her, beg her, and I mean beg her, please, mum, can I go? You know what I mean? So anyway, when it was Saturday, no word of light, uh, it was at Loftus Road, and it was QPR playing West Ham. Now, I'm there, 12 years old, jumping up and down because it was tears. We weren't seated, you know what I mean, standing up. And I'm trying to jump up and down in front because the guys all were tall and I'm trying to see the game. And, and then one geezer... White guy looks at me, oh, oh, your dad ain't playing too well, is he? And I paused and I went, hold on, what do you mean my dad ain't playing too well? How did you know my dad? My dad don't play football, he plays cricket. So I thought, hold on, I'm about to answer until my colleague, the white guy, he rushed me and hushed me up and said, no, don't say a word. And I thought, well, what's that all about? Now, at that time, yeah, you'll realise he was talking about Clive Best. Yeah, I don't know. You remember Clive Best? He was at West Ham? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So he was talking about him, and I was like, Jan. 
How's he, you know what I mean? I went away thinking, was that guy being racist or what? Like, boy, I don't know, you know what I mean? That's my thought pattern then. And that was at 12 years old. So I didn't think anything of it. Don't get me wrong. I never saw anything when I saw us playing football. Sunday league, Saturday league, didn't see it. We was playing boys, white, black, and nobody mentioned colour. No way. So to come into a professionalism, even, I tell you, no, I lie. I lie. Let me drop back. When I was playing at Hillenden and breaking the team when I got into him playing where I must have been 17, 18 years old. And Hillenden Borough was the Southern League front and it was a big, Southern League was very big back then. It was really, non-league football was big. So I went away, we played Dover, somewhere in Dover. It's near me. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I played his son in the right back. Oh, mate. I had him, I had had me, him in my pocket (laughs) instead of him in his pocket. I was kneeling, I was going past him, I was making him look silly. I was 18, young lad. And in incident, I went past and then he shouted, he came and said, yeah, keep doing that, you black. What? And I'll break your legs. Now, that shook me up. And that frightened me like hell. So, second half I come out, I've stopped playing. Now, the lads notice. What's going on? Because they can see I'm getting the ball and I'm not taking them on, I'm giving it back. So when I told my teammate Francis Joseph at the time, he uh, told him that, that Francis, what's wrong? He said the guy said he's gonna break my black my legs. He said what? So Francis upheld him. He said, "You what? Do you want to break somebody's leg? Come here, you!" Yeah. And the geezer said, "No, no, no, no! I didn't mean it. I didn't mean. It. Yeah, you didn't mean it. And trust me, that." You don't know how much that shook me up because you can quite easily do that. I don't care what anybody says. You can go for a ball and think, yeah, he was near the ball, but you can intentionally break a man's leg with his ankles and so forth. You can do it. So that kind of shook me up. And anyway, I continued playing my game. But that was the time when I, I received racism at that time there. Any other time, no, I've never. So I've got to say, I was really shocked that and I didn't expect it when I reached playing professional football at Chelsea. I did not expect that at all. Mm. It's crazy, isn't it? That uh, I love the stories. I could listen for so long. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, it's amazing, Doug. Don't get me wrong. Because it's like with me going through and... All this time, it's funny, I'm going to mention something because I'm going to mention it enough time. All this time, I thought it was Clyde Best because it was the likes of Cyril Regis, uh, Brendan Batson and Laurie Cunningham were the idols where I saw break through into professionalism when they was playing at West Brom. And when I saw them, because Cyril Regis used to play at Southall, which was my town, but not me, where I was at Hillenden. So to see these lads break through professional gave me the inputs that I could do it as well. So I didn't realise, or I didn't know they was taking raises and I was still growing up, you know what I mean? I didn't know they was taking all the sticks and so forth. I didn't hear them stories. So um, for me to see that, I was like, I always thought as well, Clyde Best was the first black player at, at West Ham, but he wasn't. There was a black player, his name was John Charles, born, he played in 1963. Yeah, this is right. And I found that because I know the cousin. 
I found out the cousin just this is a couple of weeks ago, no word of a lie. And I was born 62. And this guy was playing at West Ham. You can imagine West Ham, the likes of West Ham, Chelsea and Millwall were notorious for racism of, of you know what I mean, of their fans. It was simple there. Um so to see what he broke through, it was like, wow, I wasn't aware of that. I always thought Clive Best was the first black guy, but this guy broke him at West Ham, 1963. He even played represented England as well. I'm thinking, wow, this is another thing. Don't get me wrong. It's, for me, black history. Yeah, it matters. And because we're not aware of the amount of black players that have broken through before me and before the likes of Cyril. Yeah, Arthur Walton and Walter Tun, you've heard about them, but there was a lot of black players that have broken through that was at Millwall as well, two strikers, I can't remember the name. Oh, how could you? You know what I mean? And you know, if you don't know the history of Millwall, phew, tell you what, oh, for sure. don't play with them. Yeah, don't play with them fans, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was funny. Uh, as I left Chelsea, and we'll probably talk about it. When I left Chelsea, well, say left, I was elbowed out. Um, assistant called me up to say, Candice, uh, would you like to play for Millwall? You don't know how I had to swear at him, telling him to get off my phone. I, I couldn't believe he asked me that after what I went through with Chelsea. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, realising the man of what black players had to go through at that time. It was a Tory time, the 80s, for any black player. I get me wrong, but um, I could only think about myself at the time and, and being at Chelsea. And it was only for me, it, it was just not being accepted for who I am and for what I am. Um, that was really hard. It was difficult. But I I had to fight that. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a fight. Um, it was never easy. But I wasn't going to give in because, as I keep saying, this was a dream from the age of five years old, yeah, that I wanted to be a professional footballer. What I had to go through and to breaking those barriers. And you can imagine my mum, she came over the Windrose as well. And she didn't see football as a career. So I had to go through her, trust me, to persuade her. And she never once came to any one of my games, nor did my dad. None of them. Even when I was little, they never came to my game to see me play football. And it was always other oh, wow. parents that was telling me how good I was. And, you know what I mean? Man of the match and well done. And I went home all happy. But you go home and say, Mum, they said, yeah, have you done your chores? No. We're going to get your chores done. You know what I mean? That just dropped the whole excitement for me one time. So, yeah, a lot of things are going on. Don't get me wrong. But to come at Chelsea that three years to just to be accepted, and it took three years, bro, to be accepted by um, my own fans. That was, no, I've got to say, it, not the majority of them, just, you know, I mean, some ignorant fans, because not all of the fans are like that. So, um, but yeah, to take, just to be accepted, it, yeah, it was hard, bro. Really hard. It's happy to see that uh, it did. You know, you're accepted. Uh, you know, now and and kind of revered so well, I guess, right? And it's I love hearing this great story. So I'm gonna let someone yeah. thank 
for that. So I'm going to let uh, Matt come in. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No problem. No problem. <laughs> okay, so moving back on to Chelsea, uh, in the times you had the Chelsea headhunters were really prominent in the skinhead movement, mm. and even now. There's a lot of racism that pops up every now and then with Chelsea fans, with the incident in Paris being a good example. Do you think mm. there is a systemic issue still in the club right now? Um, it's really, you know what, it's difficult because the period now, it was like, all right, the incident with Sterling, um, it shocked me because um, that was like 40 years, man. 45 years, we're still going on with this shit. Come on, man. Um, The situation with France, I I generally have to say those were not real Chelsea fans. I'm so sorry. I don't think they were because of what we was going through. And I know what the club does. I've seen it. Trust me. I've been on the um, foundation, Chelsea Foundation. I was going around the schools talking about racism and how it affects. So... I see what Chelsea do to eradicate the, you know, what I mean, for the racism at the club. Um, I feel now uh, the fans have to play a part. They have to be a uh, play a part a lot, to be honest, because you're the one to see it. You're the one that hears it. You're the one who can say, you know, what enough is enough. We don't want this kind of, you know, what I mean, fan here. So that's what I. That's how I feel. Um, with regard to the Paris incident, I just, yeah, I couldn't believe that we're real fans. I was woken up at one in the morning. One in the morning like that game after that, where a person said, Paul, it just ain't changed, has it? And I couldn't understand what he meant right. until I saw the report next to I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And I, I was so upset. I was so, so upset. I just I don't think they were real fans. Um, and unbelievable. I had Channel 5, I had ITV, I had BBC One, everybody, all TV stations calling me up for interviews. It was mad. It was proper madness. It was like the work we were doing and then, bam, hit us with something else. Yep. I don't really think, you know, as I said, they were genuinely real fans because I know the fans right at Chelsea. I do know I see these fans at Chelsea and what they feel and how they feel about their club and what they feel about this racism. I truly tell you that now. So um, it's what we're doing now and changing things. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it's not just at Chelsea. It's all through clubs. Don't get me wrong. It's just that because of the history of Chelsea, any incident, they're quick to mention, oh, with Chelsea had it. Here you go again. It's just, that's how it is. It comes off the tip of your tongue. Oh, Chelsea. And that's what's going to happen every time. Yeah. But nobody will mention another club. Nobody mentioned. There's that's a true. lot of hidden racism incidents. Yeah. That you don't hear about. And it's not at Chelsea. It's at other clubs. But you don't get to hear about right. it. So, be just you know, what I mean, just conscious about it. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I love Chelsea, and that's where I stand right now. So I can only talk about Chelsea Football Club. I can talk about and tell them right now what they're doing, and we're doing a lot. Don't get me wrong; it's a long way to go. It is a long way to go because right now it's not just about the clubs itself. It's the FA, it's the Premiership, even Sky. All have to get involved right now if they want this to be a better game. The love of this game is, is, look, the whole country, world, should I say, of players, love coming to England. Not just for the money factor, but they love the football in England. And this is where we've got to stop this shit. You know what I mean? Sorry if I'm just getting a bit... You can cut away, man. 
Can't yeah, man, it's just it, it's upsetting that I now have my foundation, but I talk with the academy boys down at um, Chelsea, and uh, you know, I mean, when they hear my story, they're so shocked to say, "What? Yeah, say it was." And don't get me wrong, I'm proud that you know, what I mean, you're here at Chelsea. Take this seriously. You're in the boots. You've got this shirt. You represent this shirt. You represent Chelsea right now. I have the parents coming to me. Uh, is it all right that my son, will it be safe for my son to play here? I, I, you know what I mean? Why would a parent come and come ask you, is it safe? And I say, of course it is, man. Don't get me wrong. Of course it is. Don't be frightened about their son playing here. That's, this, you know what I mean? That's not going to happen. The fans here are more supportive than anybody that I've seen. And trust me, it was like funny when we was playing, when I was playing in the 80s, the fans for me was a substitute. We, every away game home, we heard the fans. They were like a substitute for me, yeah? So I know the general um, support our fans have got, but now you play a major part. You play a major part. We don't want the racism. We don't like to hear it. If you see it, you hear it, point them out. I don't care. You have to point them out. That's not what we live for right now. You know what I mean? This has got to stop throughout the game. Throughout the game. It's not just here in the Premier and the leagues and international. It's throughout the games. It's got to cease. Yeah. It's got to stop. Okay. You can't enjoy it. I'm telling you. Uh, it's All right, stadiums now are, are getting right close. How it was at the bridge back then. You knew it had the track on the outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the mm -hmm. fans. But it's like, I'll tell you what. When... Back then, when my manager's asking me to go and get warmed up, I was like, I was trying to refuse. <laughs> I said, no, nah, do I have to? <laughs> yeah, Can I just warm up here? He said, can go and warm up. And no word of a lie. I was like, because how it was by then, the dugout used to be on the right-hand side to where it's on the left-hand side. So on the right-hand side, I'm going down past the east end. Oh, I got the torrid uh, racial abuse from my fans here. Torrid! I was like, wow. yeah. N-word, go home. Well, go home. Doggy dog, go. I was like, all right, yeah, all right. Went behind the goal, stretches, stretches. I must have done the longest stretches ever, yeah? Because <laughs> usually you just quit, do the stretches, come back to get ready. I, I had my manager <laughs> and assistant calling me, Canners, come here, Canners. And I, I was looking up, yeah, I ain't going back. <laughs> I ain't going now. <laughs> I didn't want to move. That's how bad it was. I didn't right. want to move and go back past that same crowd. It's not a confident booster. Can yeah. you imagine? You're going in there, you're putting on your ring, shin pads on, you're going to the pitch. Right now, my nerves is running through my head. Paul, the first ball you get, you better get it under control. Because if you don't get it under control, they're going to be on my back. And if they're on my back, yeah. that's it. That's the end of the game for me. Yeah, I'm not going to be confident through that other game. That's how it was. I had to feel... I felt that I had to be twice as better than my teammates just to try and get accepted. That's, that was constantly every game. That was the pressure I felt. Not just the racism, but that as well. So, um, yeah, man. You know what? I think it brought a lot out of me and seeing it. I just didn't expect to see it after 40 years. I'm not going to lie to you. And hearing it, I That's thought, come on, man. Yeah, we've come through that. Come on. Are you serious? So that is not just um, about the club. 
it's about the FA. FA premiership, what are you doing about this? Because your little prime of fines now is not enough. You're, you're picking up money left, right, centre. Because this industry, industry, it's big. Professional football is big. Sponsors, big. You've got Sky, you've got BBC, TV, BT. It's big. So now, what are you going to do to protect players? Protect fans? Mm. What are you going to do? That's the question. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Got, you're good, good. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I was about to ask you another question, but you just go touched on it, so I'll, I'll keep going through it. Um, no, go on. So go on, it's, go on. A, it's actually one of our Twitter questions. Um, it comes from Alf, Alf uh, C10FC. CFC, sorry. Um, yeah. And he asks, uh, do you think that the anti-racism campaign initiated by, you know, like the FA and UEFA, like you said, are good enough to fight racism in football? Because if, in my opinion, from my, from how I see it, you look at Syria, for example, and mm. their fans are absolutely nuts. They give it to the black players all day long. Mm. And their, their bands are hardly anything. You know, the ultras come out and say, oh, we weren't being racist and nothing happens. And mm. you look at what happened to Sterling and you know Hudson Odoi yeah. at the England game. Mm-hmm. You know it's not it's not a, a tough enough sanction in my opinion. They should just straight up be banned. How how do you see it? You know what what can these governing bodies do? Well, this is what I said to you, UEFA and so forth. When we saw is it Sibia we played England? It's one of the two. Is it a couple of years ago? Um, Serbia. Serbia, yes. I think so. And I didn't know about the three point rule. Or is it no? ruling of what was it there's this ruling that I, I wasn't even aware about it about it and races that if you received the the crowd racism that was the first warning that you might stop the game the other is that you stop the game and you take off the players and the third was you stop the game completely and that was the game done now we didn't know about this at all and i thought okay oh this is all right so what are they are they in other words going to be supportive to those black players. Now, it wasn't just about the black players, but I want to know if their colleagues were supportive, if England, yeah, was going to be supportive in the decision if the black players decide enough is enough and walk off. What would have happened then? Now, mm. with all that abuse that they received throughout, you could hear it clean. Um, the oh, yeah. fans, it was unbelievable. It was embarrassing that their manager could say that he never heard nothing. It was that was so bad, I couldn't believe no. it. But as you said, what did you for you ever do now? Everybody, everybody said they've got to be banned at least for two years. No, you forgive them a 60,000 fine or something like that. Dot Europe, it was that that was so taking the pee. It was ridiculous. I couldn't believe that. And that's what we got governing bodies running UEFA. So are they do they understand racism? I don't know. I don't think so. Really? And truly go. They don't. Because that is an incident. If you're saying now you're gonna do something, we're not gonna combine with racism in the sport, in football, but there was an opportunity for you to stamp your authorities and you didn't. You gave a little 60,000 and that's it. They continued to play. That was ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. I, I, I always thought, think that right now, if I was playing, 
and I was to be receiving that racist abuse, I, I honestly, uh, people say, uh, Paul, don't walk off because then they're winning. I'm sorry, I walk off. And the reason why I walk off, I'm not going to tolerate that. Now, there's two yeah. things that happen. You could say to me, ah, oh, but Paul, you've let them win. No. The fans who are genuine fans there, who are watching their team, watching their country, do you think they want the game to be abandoned? No. They pay good money to watch their team or their technology. But now the game stops and their game's getting fined. Next thing you know, they're going to have to play their games behind closed doors. Do you really think their real fans want that? No, they don't. So now that's why I said the fans step up. Get them out. That's it. Simple as that. You get them out. Or, hey, what? You deduct points. And that's a killer. I don't care. I've seen clubs that from, all right, whatever establishment, Scotland, whatever, yeah, that lost, even here in England, cup clubs, lost points. And that is a factor, a major factor when it comes to the end of the season. Yeah. Trust me. If that's the case, we've got to do that. Forget those little pony fines. They ain't do nothing. That can make them quiet for three months, back, back in again. So um, that's how I see that. Um, but that's my opinion. Everybody's got their opinion. Now, get me wrong. But it's the governing bodies that need to step up, man. They're, they're taking it too lightly. Um, and I don't think they're protecting us players at all. You know what I mean? Us players, I don't. I really don't. That's me. No, you said it's, you said it's fun. They're definitely not taking it lightly. Come on. I mean, like, like you said, I'm fine. To a top club like Roma or Lazio, I mean, to them that's nothing. It's it's that's like nothing. All right, it's, it's like not even a week's wages for one of their players. That's nothing. Exactly. Individually, so, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, definitely. You know what I mean? It's going. That's been going on far too long now. The little fines to the clubs and so forth. Whether that player is going to pay that fine, that's nothing to. Him. That's chop change. Yeah, he'll be have to behave yourself, but it's the attitude and so forth. Learning curve. What can we do now? For him to understand, you know what, that's not acceptable. So what do we do? We need to educate them, man. And if it's a player who racially abused something, he needs to be educated. And he needs to go and do, yeah, do that. Serious to God. So this is the whole heap of thing, don't get me wrong. We all know the organisations like Kick It Out and the Red Card, they weren't about when I was playing. I didn't have anybody um, to talk to. I didn't have anybody to complain to. Uh, you know, what I mean, I had to keep it still, and I didn't. I was a young lad that didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say to, if I should say something because I thought if I say something and complain, then they oh well, he can't handle it. Oh, well, you know what, he's no good for us, thing, and then kick me out. That was my concern, so that's why I had I took all that shit. I I took that abuse. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I've got the quickest temper ever. And if they saw that, they wouldn't have liked me. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. So that's what I'm telling you. I had to hold that tight and just, yeah, dig in. I truly had to dig in. But like now, what we're seeing now, it, it, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for establishment like FA and UEFA um, Premiership to hear this abuse is still going on and you've not stepped up your game. Nah, nah. Something's got to be done. Now, I know you said, you know, before I pass this over to Marv real quick, um, you said you're part of the foundation. Now, so does the foundation have a liaison with the FA? Like, do you talk to each other about what can be done in that kind of well, sense? 
I don't know. So do you, right now, I used to work at the foundation. I run my own foundation, the Paul Kellogg Foundation. We go, sure. we helping the kids and so for our young youth of um, resilience and believing in themselves, picking up themselves. Um, obviously, my background is football, um, but it's what we do, and I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong; I get asked to motivate species throughout the whole of the country, even abroad. I go to school, colleges, and so forth, and that's what I've been doing. And with regards to the foundation now, I think they've got their own, obviously, working in the community and so forth, um, and have their issues um, with regard to sorting out or enabling racism in that. Sorry, is that me? No. Oh, oh, sorry. I saw, heard um, a horn, I thought, oh, and that aside from me. So, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, it's what they have at the foundation I'm not aware of now. I don't know because I do my own th thing with my foundation. All I know is when they call me up um, and I go down to Cobham to talk to the young lads in regards, you know what I mean, to what they feel and how they feel and what to do when uh, uh, for a racism act comes about. You know what I mean? That's what right. I deal with now. So with the clubs, I think all clubs are, are in incognito with regards to what they want what they're going to do about racism with the FA and the Premiership because those are the two that you know what I mean big chiefs that need to be doing something um, I think the discussion now um, is it BAM or even bringing that Rooney rule of making sure that we with reference to interview um black asian whatever for positions at football clubs whether it's coaching whether it's back staff or so forth now that's all well and good don't get me wrong that's all well and good but um you can't just give a job to any willy linny you've got to give the person who understands where racism has been coming from you know what I mean? They, I just don't... What they're trying to do, don't get me wrong, should have been done a long time, but right now they're talking about the ruling the ruling, making sure they give you know, interviews to those of ethnic minorities and so forth. And I think, hmm, okay, which should have been happening a long time, but now are we just going to offer that to any and anybody and give them a job who aren't aware of the history of what was going on, you know what I mean? This is what yeah. we've got to look at. And I think it's quite easy just to say, yeah, oh, we're doing something. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Not too fast, man. You know what I mean? So, let, we've, yeah, that's something ahead we've got to look at, to be honest. Um, I've been definitely looking at. Um, but I think what's going on with right now, what's gave us all, and I'm not saying it's purposely done, but given us a foothold to now make ourselves be heard. And I say make ourselves be heard, black people, ethnic people, beyond people to be heard is obviously what was happening with George Floyd. George Floyd. That has enlightened everybody. I mean, I was talking to Kamel and you were talking about the young lad with the hood, hoodie and how he was, you know, I mean, shot down because he was running yeah. in jogging in an area. I mean, the other day, another a black lad was shot five times, probably, 
this has opened the eyes with this racism. And now we need to step up. I'm not stepping up violently to be heard. And we can't, we can't leave it dropped now. We have to be heard. And that goes into the football, goes into sports. You now need to be heard. Yeah, we can't tolerate this. Yeah, we're all supposed to be equal. I don't care what change of colour. We're all equal. We're men and women. Mm. You know what I mean? That loves our careers, wants to be footballers, women regard what colour you are, you're good enough. A team has, you know what I mean, employed you because you're talented. They want you. So why should I have to fear because of my colour and my skin? That don't, no, no, no. It's, yeah, something's got to be, it, it, it's a battle. I ain't going to lie to you. It's a battle that's just, I just thought that it would have died and eased off by the time since I've stopped playing. And to see yeah, it no, come up like that, yeah, it's, yeah, it, a lot of us, I'm sure individual ex-players have got a lot to say about this. Um, and we want to feel that it is safe for the young little black guys and Asian guys, Chinese guys that comes into football, into sport itself, to feel comfortable and feel safe. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I found that such a fascinating response of all the things you, you just said. Um, one of them I found, uh, and I definitely agree when you say, you know, we should all be equal because we're all one, you know, we're all people. Mm. Same day. I mean, I've never really understood what the point of being racist really is i mean but maybe mm. that's when i was born all that stuff but it's mm. it's interesting because you said about the abuse thing when you're playing and uh like if we take it you know and i always feel like you run you'll understand more when you experience it and obviously being white i probably haven't experienced it as such right we talk about you know you getting abused during games i mean think about the amount of fans that are there and then we think about the abuse we might have received when we play, you know, people shout abuse at you from the sideline, but that's about five mm. for, for me, for example, because I play, but yeah. you know, five or 10 people. And even right. I don't, I feel angry uh, in the past when I was younger, I would feel angry. Of course. Of course. And so we can see that, you know, for you playing in a pro yeah, as a mm. pro, it's just crazy. And uh, so, yeah, I do. I completely agree with the equal thing. And I think yeah, we've got to open our eyes more. So I really agree with everything you were just saying. Yeah. I just want to yeah. give uh, right. a quick, that might be a little more, you know, less kind of like sad. So, um, what do you think of the current Chelsea? I mean, uh, do do you still follow the team? I'd imagine you do. And uh, what are your thoughts on on Lampard as as part of the team and everything right now? Uh, uh, do I follow the team? Um, I I do the hospitality at the ground. I do, I do that, <laughs> so that one. right. So <laughs> I do follow. Yes, at home, um, support them well. Uh, that's what I said. I love Chelsea. I support hard. You know what I mean? So what I'm seeing now with over the manager that's come in and gone that have not preceded what they've done when they, from uh, clubs before they came to Chelsea, they had to understand the history of Chelsea, how the, how the football's played at Chelsea as well. Um, and yes, don't get me wrong. <coughs> Matteo, um, Newton, it was great at Champions League, which was always close for us. And to finally win it, great. It was a great feeling. Oh, you don't know. It was a great, <laughs> great feeling, man. FA Cups. Even, all right, Rude Gullit, 
being the manager, winning the FA Cup, Blackburn, come on, man. You don't know how that feels for me. Um, going back, like, when I first went back at Chelsea Bay and inv- invited 2004, remember it well, and um, came on the pitch and, trust me, uh, to receive the applaud and from all the stand, east, west and south, north, south, I, I was in tears. Nobody probably said I was in tears. I didn't think I'd received that. And I went back to my seat. And when I went to my seat, it was like I saw all seven black players at Chelsea. And I was so shocked. I was thinking, are they allowed to play seven players, six players? I was asking myself, are they allowed to let them play? I was thinking, no, they weren't allowed them. They're probably just a couple they're allowed. They won't let them all on that pitch from the side. I swear to God, I was asking myself that. Uh, and I was so shocked. And then the guy next to me, Paul, mate, you, you see that? That's because of you. You started that. Mate. Yes. I, I felt yes. kind of, wow, thank you. And I felt, don't get me wrong, I, I don't take this legendary quite easily. I still don't think I'm legend. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I wanted to play football and I, I, I came in a club to play. And, you know what I mean? That was the time and the era of what was going on. But where it is now, with um, Hazard, um, with um, Lampard, and I tell you, Morris, I love Morris. Uh, he's a great player and is a great coach. He knows the history of Chelsea. So does Lampard. And now we're giving those young players a chance, and that's what it was, you know. That's the same thing when I started at Chelsea. The idea was young players were given a chance who were in the reserves. That was the whole idea. They were given a chance. Now we're seeing that. Now you're seeing the, the talent. We've got one of the best academies in the world. Let me tell you that right now. We oh, do. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. We've been loaning out young players willingly all over the place. Now we need to start giving them a chance. Don't get me wrong. I know it's not easy. Back then, it wasn't as easy as it is now. It's not that easy now because it's quite easy, quite easy that you could bring in a young lad and he might have a bad game. And that doesn't boost his confidence too well. And he might not be the same player. But at the same time, you see a talent, he's got to be, he's got to be given a chance. And that's what we're doing right in and out. Chelsea with Lampard and Rice. You see the boys like Mount, Reese, um, pronounce the young boys that you mentioned as well, they're coming through and they're showing. You know what I mean? You know how this football is. Come on, man. You've seen how much players are being worth, are being, you know what I mean? Charge of 75 mil to 80 million for a player is like, whoa. Mm. We've, we've wasted a little money. Don't give them buying a few players to come in and they ain't been doing the goods. But right now, we've got some home talent. Need to be given a chance. Yes, we still need to buy a few. You know what I mean? Some experience, somebody, because that's what we're lacking at the moment. Somebody behind that dominates at the back who's a, who's a throne, who's a king. And that was, you know what I mean? We missed, don't get me wrong. We know the player, Terry, when he was there. Mm. He was the man at the back that was, what's the voc- vocalist, minstrel, or whatever, yeah. there. And that we haven't got that at the moment. We haven't got that in a player that will take the ranks and say, oi, see, come on, son, lift your head, let's go again. We haven't got that. And that's what we need. Um, the rest will follow, because we've got some individuals out there <sighs> as a team. Yeah. It's good, looking good. We've brought a few players in. I think we still a couple of players short that we can just bring in still. 
Um, I hope that we we certainly see that with Lamps. Um, but yeah, knowing the history of our football, come on, man. We love yeah. playing football. We love playing that beautiful football. And the goals will come. I think we lacked when we lost Costa. Is it Costa Sox? Yeah. Costa Sox? Trust me, what a mean, what a player. Yeah, uh, he was he was ideal for English football, most definitely, from mm. Spain. You know what I mean? We lost him when we let him go. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. We haven't got that back. Drogba, he was mean. We haven't got what we've, you know what I mean? With those two players leaving, we've not got the same. And no disrespect to the boys up front that we have now, but it's like the fire. We need more fire for from that position there up front. Somebody sent half with him to two of them. And some boys in midfield, which we're looking to cover with the German boy. I still feel Kante has got a lot more to offer. He got yeah, injured. Yeah. He's not been the same player since, but I really do think you've not seen the, the best of him yet. Um, to get rid of him, I, I hope you don't. But um, I love the, um, the American boy. Oh, God, the winger. What's his name? Christian Pulisic. You love the boy. Love this skill. Oh, that boy is going to be frightening when he's he back fit again. Yeah, he's great. Don't even we got players. Oh, it's a shame to see the likes of William, you know what I mean, let go and so forth. But you know what? It has to be. We've got a chairman up there. She knows what she's doing. She does. It's yes. Renabidji's right hand. She knows what she's doing. And right now, she's supporting Lampard. And that's what the, that's what we can expect. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to seeing. It's amazing, isn't it? Season starting again next week. Oh, wow! I, I, I tell you what, I, I I'd never seen so much football on telly. I was getting bored. <laughs> it was mad. <laughs> it honestly, was mad. You know what I mean? But it's so funny behind these closed doors. It's like they was putting this cheering on at the same time. It's like there's nobody there. What the fuck? That's bad. <laughs> it was, isn't it? It was bad. like you wanted to get in for, but like it. you couldn't. But at the same time, this game was real. This, this game was, yeah, we need fourth place, man, for Champions League, bruv. Yes, well done. And that's what I wanted, you know what I mean? So, I hope for, you know what I mean, for your lads, like, you know what I mean? I don't know how it is for you lot to, when you want to take a trip down to England and come and see the Blues again, but like, it's when that's going to happen, whether, you know what I mean? I think, I'd hate to say it, but it's when, it's up to the government when they allow, you know what I mean, this, um, oh God, what's it, what's it oh, called again? Distancing them, whatever. Um, social distancing, yeah. When that comes about, like, it could be February, but you know what I mean? Before they open them doors. And that's the truth. So, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. I love, it's going to be weird because, like, I'd love to, if you'd love to meet the, I, that's what I do with the hospitality, meet and greet. And I love it, you know what I mean? And talking football like we are now. So, um, I'm missing it totally. Good. Yeah, me, me too. And I think like it's amazing what you're saying there about um, some of the young players as well. And I think I just wanted to say before I pass the question over, because I don't want to take up all yeah. of your time, just me. Um, yeah. But I think one thing uh, you're saying about you understating the fact of you being a legend. I mean, without you, there may not be no Drogba. And this is for me, you know, a catalyst. Uh, he was my favorite player. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually not that that young. I am 34. And, wow. and I was my first cup final I saw was Rude Hook winning the FA Cup with Di Matteo. And Wicked, York. exactly, right. man. So one of the best days of my life seeing that, and then the Cup mm. Winners' Cup the year yeah. after. 
Oh. Yes. Oh. Exactly. And you said yeah. said a really key thing. You know, our history. It's uh, you know, real fans. We gotta we gotta appreciate and respect the history. And you've been a huge mm. part of that, I believe. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I could have said yeah, before, before I pass it to Matt, you know, mm-hmm. like Marv, I'm 32, and I was born and raised in Wimbledon myself. Ah. So I was born and raised in Wimbledon, you know, Chelsea through and through. And, you know, as a person of colour myself, you know, I'm South Asian, I'm Indian by heritage. Yeah. I yeah. will definitely say, Paul, me to you, you are a legend. So thank okay. you for everything you've done, man. But thank I'm going to pass you over to Matt, who's got another question. Cool, man. Okay, so this will be a bit more of a, just a general football question. Who do you Go think has been the best football player ever if you could pick anyone oh, ever yeah ever ever so that not just here in england anywhere. not just here in everywhere whoa a football talent that's had me buzzing throughout the world mm. all right wow Oh, I say, boy, and another thing, we let him go. We don't let him go. He's done a part here. He's done great throughout the years. We had to sell him. And obviously, when you sell to a club like Real Madrid, yeah, that's, you know what I mean, the catalysts. Real Madrid and Barcelona, one of the, you know what I mean, anybody wants to go there is to win. And I think Hazard was a talent in itself when I see this brother on the ball. It was like thinking, boy, if I could have done the things that he does with his feet when I was playing on the left wing like that. Um, the only thing I think I lacked was in front of goal, I got nervous. But, yeah, i got to say, as for me, uh, that boy, I know everybody says Ronaldo, but I just saw what this boy did. Um don't get me wrong, back in the day growing up, it was Pele. But um, mm. the talent what I saw of the game, which has changed, I'm not saying it's got quicker, but it's got a lot physical. It, well, it was physical. But now it's kind of softened up. It's like you can't tackle as hard and the side tackles that you do and referees blowing up too willy-nilly these days, you know what I mean? But I think it's to see... <coughs> Pardon me, <coughs> is to see more entertainment, and that's probably why they've curbed it. Um, but yeah, Hazard just for me is a talent. Uh, probably he's not done being the same player since he's left Chelsea, uh, Real Madrid. But I just thought, yeah, when I see him on the ball, he puts a tinkle in me right now. He does, he does what he does, yeah, what he does. So I've got to say, yeah, Hazard at this very moment. But there's some talented young lads that are coming through. Um, don't get me wrong. I know everybody's like even Neymar down at Paris Saint-Germain is always a player. But it always seems like hmm, he can't, he doesn't put it in every time as such. And I just think Hazard does. So... Um, See, that's, a debate. that's a debate me and Marv have. <laughs> I always say yeah. Neymar's overrated. And yeah, like, that, that's what I said. No disrespect to the guy. I think he is. I think <laughs> I only see in and out when he was down at was it Barcelona, innit? Same thing. Yeah. They were saying about, oh, that's a combination of him and Messi. But I didn't really see him, you know what I mean? Put they there. Champions look, League. look how they clamped him out of the Champions League final um, um, mm-hmm. by Munich. Clamped him right out. 
as a player, I'm sorry, Ronaldo would have done better. And, and yeah. even Hazard would have done better. You would have seen something of that player, didn't you? He just didn't. He was out of the game. So those players like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll go with it, Hazard. We've got a young boy. I'll tell you what, he's down at um, English boy. I'll tell you, very talented. He's played at, yeah, he has played at England for England. Young boy, this black boy down at, um, in Germany. For oh, James, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I know his father, no, he was. Trust me, this boy, and Chelsea were interested in his, well, I'll tell you what, if Hudson, obviously, when he got injured, obviously, you know what I mean, he's still got to get back in fitness. But those two boys, if they were on either wing, I'll tell you what, be frightening. Would be frightening. But, yeah, he's doing well down there, um, and he's interesting, well, a lot of clubs to right. get him back, you know what I mean? But, yeah, for me, as a, all the way, going for now. If you had to pick between Ronaldo and Messi, who's it going to be for you? Oh, well. I have to ask the question. It's like the number one question. Of what it's okay. Well, I think Ronaldo, oh, God, he's a direct. He's a free kick, header, a dribbler, take on. But then Messi, you can't trap a man down like that. That man could turn on a sixpence, bro. I see I've chatted with here when they played Chelsea. Um, I was in the East End and the guy was right in front of us and no word of lie. We had about three three players around him. He was trapped. Sideline, and he's back to the sideline of the ball, and three players really true, he was trapped. This guy dropped his shoulder not once, not twice, three times. And whilst he <laughs> dropped his shoulders three times, the space opened up. <laughs> I tell the boys, when he dropped it the first day, they, you know, they trebled, like, and then when he dropped it again, they trebled again, but the space opened. And the third, he dropped it, went past. Let me tell you something. East side, I was in the East stand. We all clapped. That's how bad the skill was. So <laughs> I'll tell you, Messi, he, he messed us up. <laughs> For real. <laughs> he did. He's Messi's my man all the way. I, I, yeah, they're talking about him already leaving and thinking, you know, what I mean? a new challenge come to the Premiership. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! If he <laughs> ever came to the Premiership, can you imagine the players that would want to come down to the Premiership after he, if he came? You're not even realizing this. Trust me when I tell you something. If Messi came to the Premiership for whatever team, the amount of players that want to come to the Premiership, football would be on, yeah, Premier, Premiership one. Right there. They would be on if he ever reaches here. That's the truth. So, um, yeah, keep watching that out, really. Keep looking at that. Definitely. Okay, so just going back to the. Um... Back to your history at Chelsea. Um, when you, who were your boys at Chelsea? Who, I know Pat Nevin was always a sort of defending you if, if, whenever you got any racist abuse. But was there anyone else that was your boys back in the day at Chelsea? Um, Pat was a, is a very and still is close friend, um, very supportive. Um, he's a patriot to my foundation, as well as Eddie Newton and a few of the bloods. Um, 
supportive. I was really more or less supportive with the young players when I was at Chelsea at the time. And that was like young players that were coming through, the Keith Dublin, the Keith Jones, Robbie Isaacs, Robbie Best. Those are the players that was um, growing through the youth play. And we had a very good youth team at the time. Um, I've got them with all my teammates. Some that I didn't as such, but that's how it was. Um, I had to look after myself and protect myself um, by not for them to be taking a piss with me. You know what I mean? Just because I was black and so forth, it wasn't going to happen. Um, but they was, yeah, supportive. Um, if we're going about that, an incident which obviously happened, which made me being elbowed out. It was with one of a teammate. Um, I can't mention his name. Um, that got drunk and racially abusive. Um, with that, I was shocked that he would say what he said. Um, I warned him, said, look, don't say it. But he did. And I tumped him. And with that, I think we just went back. It was a pre-season that I was separated. And the next day, I, he came at me again and I backed at him again. But then I was held back. I was then driven home separately with the physio where that person was driven, was back on the coach with the rest of his, the players. And I thought nothing of it. Young lad thought, you know what, that's Friday we went home. Monday, we're going to the boss and see the boss and talk about his situation. Um, Monday, I got a phone call about 9.30, the manager at the time, John Hollins, and telling me not to report to the ground and not to report to the training ground. Now, I didn't think much of it. I thought, all right, they want it to be, yeah, let it cool down or whatever. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I had two years left. You contract. But I was thinking, but hold on, if I'm not able to train, I'm not able to go train, how am I going to? Well, then I got the phone call after that. Like I said to you, my assistant manager asking me if I wanted to go down, play for Millwall. And that's when really I put two and two together and said, well, that's, that was when I knew I was being elbowed out. So this player that was racially abusing me and the rest of the team knew about it, saw it, and they all thought that this player was going to be trying to... But I was the one who was kicked out and I was doing done nothing wrong. So, um, yeah, that was upsetting. That I didn't say nothing. All I wanted to do was play football. I was a young lad to 20... What was I? 23? Yeah. 23, 24. I wanted to play football. So I didn't say nothing. I didn't put no paper. I mean, fought nothing. And um, I was hurt. I didn't want to leave Chelsea. But I was hurt. But um, that's how I ended up at Reading. And um, unfortunately, I got injured the first year where yep. the manager had told me, she, boy, you were just an investment. What do you mean? She said, man, we were selling you on the next season. Trust oh, wow. me, that's that. Oh, yeah. yeah, straight up. Just oh, wow. That was it. Let me tell you something. Because at, at Chelsea, Chelsea will not let you say, let me tell you something. 
And that was rumoured. It wasn't rumoured. They came in an offer. Man United came in with a five million offer oh, for me. Wow. There was no <laughs> way Chelsea are selling me to Man United. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're their rivals, isn't they? That was how Chelsea was. We weren't selling you to know. That was it. So look where I had to, they ended up going. I had to go to Reading. And from there, to probably, you know what I mean? Get a bit uh, But that's how it was. Mm. Yeah. Wow, so United. No. Yeah, man, you. Fergie. <laughs> Did he call you Was it Fergie? Hey? Oh, no, he was like Fergie. Was, was Fergie then? He was, was he the manager? No, he was early 90s. Okay. Well, no. Oh, was he? So who was... Oh, it wasn't bloody... Um, who was manager then? Um, the boy who was at West Brom. No, it wasn't him, was it? What, Robson? Yeah, Ron, Ron Atkinson. Ron Atkinson. Oh, Ron Atkinson, yeah. Was okay. he... He was manager, wasn't he? Wasn't he down at Man U, wasn't he? Be, yeah. Yeah, I think so. One of the two. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what it was, man. They come in at five mil. Chelsea were having that, weren't sending me there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Glad they didn't. Oh, mate. I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> they, well, they didn't really talk to me. You don't know if I might have got trust me. <laughs> no, not. I was playing Chelsea now. Nah, don't get me wrong. Chelsea would obviously, you know what I mean? That to be an offer me as a player because it was about me. Um, at that time, we had some good players there. Mickey Thomas was in my position. Uh, I valued him, he's a good player, could run all day, he could run all day. The boy, um, but yeah, I didn't have no fear of anybody else really taking my place besides him, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's how football is, my man. It was, yeah, it's um. Yeah. Good on, good on. That's stuff we didn't know um, about the the transfer. I'm, I'm happy you didn't go because I really don't like Man United. So I think that, oh, that worked out well. For you. <laughs> they yeah. was winning a few cups in back then, though. They was a strong little team. They was a strong yeah, team. Definitely. Well, I think, yeah, we've seen besides Liverpool and, yeah, they were a the strong side, though. But Man United was coming. I think they had Husey at that time. Yeah, Hughes. At that time, they had a few mo- Moses. They had a good side, that man, you had that time. Yeah. yeah I, good I, I remember Mark Hughes when I was younger. He used to always get uh, get away with a lot of fouls. Yeah, and I loved yeah him. Marky. Tough, tough strike. Tough player. Yeah, and that, exactly. that question I have actually hold that thought about Hughes because actually, um, in, I mean, in the current generation, what player would you, I mean, do you most kind of compare yourself to stylistically? Wow. I don't know, you know, somebody, somebody made it mentioned, but I'm not too sure. Oh, God. Oh, there was somebody. Oh, my God. Oh, I'll tell you, somebody said that you, you kind of, oh, I'll tell you where, who was the player that was at uh, Man City, um, Belgian player, I think he was, um, played Morris. Morris, that's it. He's Algerian. Is he Algerian? Yeah. What, Riyad Morris? He? Yeah, he's from Algeria. I don't know. Oh, yeah, of course. What, that? No, not now. Not, not Namara, not the player now. Yet he was at, he was at Man City. He had an afro. I'm sure he's Belgian. Oh, wait, Sane. Do you mean Sane? Zanek. 
isn't it? Light yeah. skin, yeah. Yeah, that's the one gone to fire. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's who they would say died. It reminds me. Yeah, and I looked at it and I said, yeah, I could see the way he... Because trust me, when I was on full force, oh. you couldn't stop me. Once I was on, boy, I'd, I'd drop the shoulder, gone to the right, that was it. I'd take on one, two, fly by one, two, three players one time. Yeah. I, saw, I saw one of your highlights, um, 4-4 Sheffield Wednesday. You came on as a substitute, scored the first touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, that, you got to understand this game. Now, I had just been in touch with my old man. And after they, my mum and them separated when I was two. So um, I was kind of, I don't know, I was trying to, trying to be angry but not angry because it's like everybody I saw I said boy you look like your father you look like your father and I didn't know what he looked like because my mum took all the pictures down or whatever so we've been in touch now and he happened to be living in Sheffield and I said well you know would you like to come and see me um for the game he said yeah why not so I left the tickets and it was there I can remember pre pre pre-match the Friday that's yeah Friday no the same afternoon, uh, a little pre-meal, and I tell you, I've I've overeaten, and I'm saying <laughs> no word of right. Oh, you can imagine, you know, when you've overeaten, your belly is full. Yeah. You're thinking, oh god, and I'm thinking, oh goodness, I hope this digest by the time I kick off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm thinking, I know, I know I'm going to be sub, but soon, yeah, I've got plenty of time. But I'm telling you, I, I was still feeling full when we left the hotel. But I'm thinking, I'm down, I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to say when I see him? God, am I going to be angry with this boy? <sighs> but anyway, so I'm at the side, come out, first half, I'm on the side and then the dugout. And in matters, minutes, the chef of Wednesday went one nil, one up. But I'm just thinking, I mean, dad thinking, no, what can I say to him? Why wouldn't he about? Then chef of Wednesday went two nil up and I thought, Nah, don't worry about that. We get them goals. And I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, but no. Then Sheffield went three and nil up. And it's like, you know what? We're out of this milk cup. Fuck it. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> it. Shit. So that was it for me. I was like, forget that. 2-2. Two, two, second half. Manager. Kelly gets stripped. You're going on straight away. Jasper's moved to the midfield. Colonies come off. 2-2. Two, two. I don't know what it was. Instinct. I remember the ball going back to Joey Jones and Joey Jones just lofted it and I've just followed it from me. I think Kerry hit it, headed it, then speeded it. I just followed it right onto the centre half. I said, who is it? Mel. I don't know, some boy. It's their centre half and I just got in between and I hit it first time. Low to the kick was right. Went in. 3-1. And I mean, 11 seconds. Wow. Got that ball straight out. And then with that, 3 2, I think, is it Mickey Tom or Kerry Dixon? Yeah. Thomas Kerry scored Dixon got that. Yeah. Uh, Kerry Dixon scored a second, and Thomas scored a first. And um, it was unbelievable. Like, we got, I mean, every attack we done, we looked like we could score. So it's 3 all anyway. We're buzzing. Kerry's got, no, Pat's got the ball in the, um, their own, our own half. He, he's dribbling coming through to our their way off he saw me make a run and he's passed the ball now initially he's passed the ball to me but Kerry's come across me and he's got the ball onto the right so I've headed straight into the box and I'm 
calling out Kerry's name. So that's how it was. Yeah. And Kerry's the person, when he's in the box, he don't like to pass. But yeah. you imagine. So I'm <laughs> swearing, Kerry, you bastard. Pass it. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> so Kerry, like, I don't know what happened, but this ball came to me and I'm right in front of the keeper and I've given it, I've given the ball right through his legs. Nuts. And it went in and I'm thinking, oh my God, this can't come any better than scoring two goals when your old man's here for the first time to see you and you now score two in the most important game, coming back from 3-0 down. I've gone with the hand up with the right hand. Everybody think it was black history. It was a black salute. It wasn't a black salute. I was just cheering. It was like, usually you score this goal, you know, you go to your teammate that's, you know, I mean, that's uh, supporting you and so forth. But I went past Kerry Dixon fast. Now, it wasn't to disrespect him. I went straight down to the dugout because there was this woman there. She was a Sheffield Wednesday supporter. And she just said, yeah, don't worry. They'll be next time. Because Wednesday was scoring. She just, don't worry. And she kept giving me sweets. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't worry. There'll be another cup competition. Don't worry. So I've gone straight <laughs> for her, looking for her. When I saw that it was, it was Keith Jones was in the dugout, it was it. I said, where is she, Kenneth? When you scored that fourth, she pissed off, mate. That was it. <laughs> I was in, uh, yeah, she pissed off. She went, she went, mate, after that. So you can imagine, like, uh, thinking, boy, this is a winner. This is a winner. And then that's why this game's so funny. Football is so funny. Last minutes, you know, the last minute, and Dougie's give a penny away. Right. Yeah. Sterling, you know what I mean? Equalise. You can, that's how fight football is, bro. That's it. It's not the end to the whistles blown. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the time that I was down being accepted by the fans. Yeah. So it's been a really great feeling. Yeah. Feeling. It was. It really was. And meeting the old man to make him come there and see that game. His son scored two goals from us. You know what I mean? First time. What I couldn't do any better. After that, it's like flipping out a conversation. <laughs> that went. <laughs> I don't know what. We was like, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the game? Yeah. All right. Do you want a drink? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? We had a drink and that's it. So we're the best of friends. So, yeah, we're good. You kind of know, right, by the fact he didn't say anything. You just know how proud he must have been at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Fame to be there. Yeah. And rightly so, because it was like, that game was so televised. Um, what a great comeback. And I remember phoning me, my housemate. I said, yeah, George, um, record it, record it. You know what I mean? Um, Brian Moore. Yeah, he was just, yeah, record that, record that. He said, don't worry, I'm recording it. So you can imagine that game. And so everybody's, you know what I mean, knowing the Canterville and your son. And yeah, that, yeah, it was a great moment. It was really a great moment for me. Amazing. Paul, what I would just yes. say is, I've got two part questions. Um, Go uh, The first one is, uh, what would you say is your fondest Chelsea memory? And secondly, is outside of football, um, if you could talk to us a little bit about your charity and like, you know, the foundation. That mm. Two favourite games were obviously what we talked about was Sheffield Wednesday, but um, scoring, um, playing the de- debut after that was against Fulham and important game and that I scored in the half volley 
Um, we drawed one all uh, against our London Diet um, rivals, who was um, Fulham. Yeah, but that goal, yeah, hit the so sweet with like the big boys. We had Mickey Droy, Mickey Fillery, the Pakesies. We had a little team then. You know what I mean? So that was important to me. As such, those two games really important to me. Those other games, did scoring um hat trick and receiving that match ball against Swansea. That was yeah, a highlight. I just didn't know they gave the ball away. I've scored so many goals, hat tricks, when I was playing as a youth player like um, at school. They never gave us the ball, so I was shocked. He said, "Kenna, this is for you." I said, "What do you mean this is for me?" He said, "You go on with it." What? Said, what do I do with it? Well, get the team to sign it. And no word of a lie, I didn't know that they give the, uh, the ball to you at the end of the game. And I got Swansea to sign it. I got my teammates to sign it. I sat home with my mum. So that was, yeah, an achievement. Um, but the foundation, um, that's this charity that formed up since 2015. It was a case when I was being a TA at school. Um, and when they first asked me, and that was the foundation at Chelsea, asked me to go into schools and to talk to the kids. And I for saying that, but these kids weren't born when I was playing. So, Kenners, they know about you. They said, know about me how? And <laughs> it was a case when I, first, I started talking to kids and I started sharing my story. But how I share my story is in a funny element that they can understand that football, racism, bullying, and how education is important. And I mixed all that in. And how I was brought up in, in a funny element, they was laughing and serious point, they was listening and, a T.O. just said, unbelievable, kind of, not even our teacher can have them like that. Yeah. And uh, it's weird, right? Quit the questions, no word of lie. Mr. Cannibal, when you played da 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 da, why did you do that? I was like, let me, how did you know that? Uh, uh, <laughs> when the kids went to me, oh, Mr. Cannibal, Wikipedia. I went, Wicca? Who? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're going to make him right. I didn't know about, I'm not internet literature, you know what I mean? I didn't know about Wikipedia <laughs> or Google and anything. So I'm telling you, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, I had to go back and ask my daughter, yeah? Daughter, what's Wikipedia? She said, Daddy, man, I swear to you, when I saw the information about me, I was so shocked. I didn't know about this. I swear to God. Mm. So I can imagine 2004, I was like, how old was I? 36, going on, yeah, nearly 40. Can you imagine? I didn't weren't in a computer, and there, this kid had knew everything about me from reading Wikipedia. It was so wow. funny. I was like, "Wow!" So that's how it developed. I was talking to kids, and they were listening to me. The teachers couldn't believe. Could I stay there for the whole day <laughs> just to keep them quiet? I was like, "Nah, that's your job." You know what I mean? But from there, it was like, because. Um, Obviously, I've had cancer three times, you know what I mean, as well. I was diagnosed in 96, then 2002, and then 2010. And because I had to take time off, obviously, having chemo and radiotherapy, I had to take time off at school because worst thing, you're in remission and you get cold. The worst thing, who do you think you're going to get colds from? Was the kids. They're the worst project, you know what I mean? So I used to break down in two weeks. I had to take two weeks off that. Heads went to me, look, we, the kids need you, but we can't take, you know what I mean? The days you take off, they're missing out. So I had to make the decision and I decided to leave, you know what I mean? So, 
it's when that time that in 2015 I thought you know what I wanted to set up my own foundation and it was difficult I think the support I got was from the PFA Players Football Association that we started it and um, had some lads trustees but now I've got a new set of trustees that what we do we because of my football background with the youth that we're dealing with who've come out you know torrid time and torrid areas where they live to give them the chances of helping them follow their dreams. Um, the background, the experiences um, that I went through, we got support of some great, you know what I mean, trustees and some individuals that can offer them something, um, whether it's not football or whether the background is football, that they might want their coaching badges. So we go back to, you know what I mean, sorting that for them and helping them assist. But another thing as well, because... Right now, obviously, through this COVID time, this pandemic, um, a lot of the youth, and this is where some of us might think that these youngsters are, are suffering from mental well-being and struggling. Some of, a lot of them are struggling. So now, um, you know, we can assist them with that. I've just took me a course in mental well-being. I've just passed. So I'm able to, you know, I mean, understand and help in, in, in such a way, because I know I had a breakdown with that as well. My mental well-being, I was in denial when I came out of football. I thought I'd never miss it. Yes, uh, I had a drug habit and obviously, you know what I mean, my cancer. So I've got several things to share with um, some youth, a lot of youths. Um, that's why it's most of the time I'm asked to be a guest, a guest speaker. Um, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. Like we are now, you know what I mean? I'm open up to, to share what I went through and what can happen and what insists what we can do about it. So this is where our foundation comes, goes from, you know what I mean? Um, I've got great support behind me. Um, the trustees are so in hand and they've been helping me and, and no couple of them have seen me play. They're both some of the Chelsea supporters. I've got my sister. Uh, Caroline and Monique, Monique. Um, who else is there? Somebody else, so forget his name, oh God, forgive me. But um, it's so helpful um, that we're getting such a great response. Um, the website, we've just had it refurbished, so it should be coming out next week. Uh, so I can't even give you the, the website name at the moment, um, but I will pass it. Don't worry, okay, come out. Um, this is what I stung him wrong, but with all charities, you know what it is. It's about funding. And right. it's hard to, you know I mean, people come and sponsor us and so forth. It, that's what it is. And, you know I mean? I hate to be begging because I don't, but it's like, we do need it. We need sponsors to help us provide for these youth. So if anybody's out there listening, please, please do. Um, if it's something that you wanna, you're interested in doing and supporting uh, the Paul Cannon Foundation, please get in touch. Um, I'll leave that info with Camel or anybody. You'll go through Twitter, get to us, contact me. No, for sure. We're definitely going to plug that at the end of you know, when we post Thank this. You. We'll put all the links and all that good stuff, for sure. Good stuff. Um, good stuff. Absolutely. We're going to get onto Twitter questions now. Um, I'm going to have Matt take the first one. Okay, so this one's coming from at Carefree Trizzo Andrew, and he's asking how does the club stop um the stereotype that Chelsea is a racist club 
or is it too late and it's ingrained into the club? That's um, ingrained. Can't and, do nothing more with that. Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry, you can't do nothing because, as I said, that was the history that was gone so back, so long back to before I decided that no matter what, any signs of trouble, then we're going to be classed there. We've just got to ignore it. And how we ignore it? When the clubs win cups like we do. <laughs> I mean, Tottenham ain't won nothing. So we're one of the best sides in London. Our Arsenal are starting to win. Got a good manager, got some players now, some of our players. But we keep, you know what I mean, winning cups. That's the only way we can show them that, you know what I mean, what the club's about. I don't want to listen to anything else, you know what I mean? That was the past. The new regime is now. That's the century we're in. Agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just following on to the question. It was um, he asked about: Is it unfair that with Chelsea's worldwide fan base that they can be a f- group of fans collectively could be called racist despite being from every background possible? Do no, you think that was unfair? Yeah, that is unfair because they, you know, what I mean, I know some genuine fans that was out there uh, when I was playing. <coughs> that supported me and even stuck up to me. And there was a certain person, um, John Jurett, and yeah, I was getting proper hammered, not hammered, but drink, but hammered by um, some individuals basically abusing me. And he stood up, he's a big lad. He said, Oi, he's one of our own. Either stuck it or get out. And trust me, they, they, they sort of sided the boy, they soon stopped. And you know what I mean? So, what that's why I said it's. The, the real supporters now have the strength than before to do something about this. You know what I mean? You can spot those individuals. You know who they are, man. Get them out. Simple as. Get them out. And that's what I want. You know what I mean? Our club plays in the family and harmony. And that's how we want it. That's a perfect answer. Uh, so I pass on to Marv. You've got one question. Yeah, sure. So I've got um, a question from, I try and get this right, at Rageahole, and he asks, uh, do you think that there is an anti-English bias on football Twitter? Uh, People reacted quite poorly, not all, but reacted quite poorly to Chilwell with some really horrible comments, and uh, which was very unfair because I think he's a good player. Um, Yeah, do you think there is an anti-English bias going on on Twitter, Paul? What do you think? You know what? Um, Twitter's the language of the media of like, I know it's different from the Facebook, it's so forth, family and friends, but Twitter is individual that I could get probably abuse, but yeah. <laughs> um, but they probably ain't got a reason to abuse me because I've already took abuse <laughs> from so. <laughs> I'm still here. I say what I've got to say and so forth. But I think it's just either something to do, something to just try and get on the wrong side of people. And right now, Twitter is not secured. Twitter needs to be a lot more secure than letting any and any individuals come on to be slagging, racially abusing, uh, disrespecting other individuals on there. It's just a shame that you have to read that. And everybody can see that before it's taken off. It's just not nice. And it's hurtful because yeah. I'd get hurt if I had to see that. Because I know, uh, I know and a hundred or not... A, 500 people have seen it before I did. You know what I mean? So it's a disrespect. 
So something strong, and hopefully that Twitter are trying to deal with this, that, yeah, they get onto this right away. Um, it's not nice. It's always about the football and this individual. Why do you, you know what I mean? Young young lad. Oh, God, who's up front? And, yeah, the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Tammy. Tammy. Yeah, it was, you know what I mean? I know it's old, but it was just so hurtful. Why should a player go and receive that? Come on, man. And this is like me saying it's Chelsea supporters. Is it really? This is, you know what I mean? This is quite easy that like you can set up a Twitter account and so forth. But it's things like that. This is where Twitter needs to, you know what I mean? Once again, protecting your Twitter accounts need to understand. So, um, yeah, nah, I, I disregard that. I don't get upset about that. I don't even go into arguments. And trust me, I'm coming and some people have come up to me, but it's a case of, you know what? Let me stop right here because I know if I say something, it's not going to be nice and it'll just be continuing and continuing. So when you stop it, there's nothing more they can say. Leave it's it on, move on. That's it. It's a good way to go, isn't it? Kind yeah, of. you don't. Because you're biting, you're lifting up because you're not going to like it, what they're saying. They're not going to like it. They're going to wind you up. So here, what? Discontinue the conversation and delete. Simple as. You've got yeah. to. So you move on. You know what I mean? There's better things to go on before that. So definitely, that's me. Definitely agree with that. Mm. Good. Um, so I've got one last one for you, Paul. Um, go on. And it comes from at CFC uh, Elias. And he asks, uh, do you think there's a disconnect between uh, match-going locals and fans online and fans from abroad? So in the sense that I'm not sure how much you like. I know you. It's kind of the you just touched upon it. You kind of probably don't notice it, but online there's a a massive. I don't want to say the word agenda, but there's a lot of support your local going on, where it's like, oh, you're from India, you can't have an opinion. You know, you haven't been to the bridge, so on and so forth. So a lot of match going fans take the opinions of those worldwide as as less, if that makes sense. Like they don't have a valid um, opinion because they haven't been to the bridge. Um, that's disrespecting because right. our fans are coming from all over the world. And this exactly. is what I've had to learn and understand this. I, and this is the truth. When I started at Chelsea, I, I, can, I thought football's football, man. What's, what's wrong with these guys? But I really understand what it means and what it is for a real fan. When they love their club, they love their club. Nobody yep. can disrespect them. Nobody can abuse them. I had to realise that till later on. I know why. So I don't care whether you're from India, China, Japan. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> you're supporting Chelsea. Why? You're going to support any other club. You're supporting Chelsea. Exactly. Respect that. So when they're done, don't get me wrong, you're not able... Oh, hey, what? Before, put it like this. I supported Leeds. I lived in London. Why yeah. am I supporting Leeds? I never went to Ellen Road at all. I've never been there. Well, I have now, but I've never been there. But I was supporting Leeds. I couldn't get down there. I couldn't afford to get down there. Don't get me wrong. But here I am now playing for Chelsea. So the decision, Paul, you play for Chelsea. Why are you supporting Leeds? Let's play for, support Chelsea. Those people that are abroad, they'd love to come down if they could afford it to come and see their club. But they're supporting Chelsea. All they can go by is the news they've been given and so forth. You can't disrespect them, like man. We've got supporters all over the world. I'm sorry that the players that the persons that fans are here. Yes, I understand you're able to talk about it, but everybody has the right for opinion. 
yeah, you're watching your team, you're hearing about your team, something's not right, you're going to say about it. I'm not going to say, well, till, all I'm going to say was, I don't agree with you. I think, da, 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 da. but if you go by watching them, this is what you'll see. That player will say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but let's not be arguing amongst ourselves. That's, that's a joke. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, to me, disrespecting the other and disrespecting our team. Every individual who supports has, has um, a response, responsible attitude for that team. So don't go disrespecting because you're in India. Let me tell you something. I went to India. I done coaching down there. And wow. I ain't going to tell you what. The team, the Chelsea support in India is big. I oh, yeah. didn't realize. Yes, my friend. I went to Mumbai. Mumbai. I've been there three times. Two times? Three times. Something like that. The support in India for Chelsea is unbelievable. Yeah? Got nothing. Don't get me wrong. Little talent. They love their little football. But 2-2, two, two, this is to show you what it is. Now they've got an academy Barcelona out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. In India, you know. Yeah. In India. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to say to you, man. So why could you... Well, don't disrespect fans from all over the world because you see they don't get to the ground and so forth. No, man. They're supporting Chelsea. Let's be proud about that. Yeah, yeah? I agree. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to understand that. I didn't realise that until I started playing that, that. What the amount of support throughout the world on Chelsea who probably can't even see the football well. Probably changed by the back then. Couldn't even see games. But start supporting Chelsea. You know what I mean? That's, just, that's respect. And I've got that big time for them. You know what I mean? I wish I could meet all them fans and, and share the history with them. But I say it goes sometimes, you know? Great, isn't it? That's how we all become yeah. friends, right? I mean, that's how we, we've all... This podcast has created it. So, you know, a group of friends. I mean, I'm yeah. from England, but I love the yeah. fans from abroad. I, I went to Mexico yeah. once and couldn't believe... Wow. I saw a Chelsea shirt and it was a proud moment because I was like, yes, people love my club now. When I was younger, I didn't ever expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Certain, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Well done. Uh, that's why we call it Worldwide Chelsea, isn't it? That's, that's the name yeah. of the club because we literally Wicked. are Worldwide Chelsea. Um, final, final question. It's a bit of a fun one. It's what are, what are your expectations for Chelsea this season? Now, where, I want to put your, you know, where you think... W- we should be at the end of the season. You think we should be winning something, top four again, challenging? What do you think? Yeah, you're ne- you ain't going to get an answer for that one because it's too early. <laughs> I never answer that early. <laughs> I just want the players that we got into to gel immediately. Um, and by doing so, don't get me wrong, because it's always difficult when you've got new players to gel with the, when the football is playing at Chelsea, that hopefully they gel. You know what I mean? With the likes of Lampard and uh, Morris. And um, from there... I'd say from several games, that's when I can really say uh, where I think we're, we're, we're BB. Because um, it's never easy. You've got some new, you know I mean, clubs that have been promoted. Um, and that's going to be tough one. Arsenal are now showing light, you know what I mean? That's our arch. And I ain't say enemy, but the London derbies is always under that. Um, right. Fulham's back up there. And... Um, Holy for things, really. It's always going to be a tough one to start a season, and that's where you're going to tell. After several games, you you can then start telling, yeah, who are going to be our um, what should I say, 
difficult opponents, difficult teams. Because the last season was weird. It was so fun. The teams we should have beat, we lost. Teams we did beat, we thought we were going to lose. You know what I mean? That's some serious revving going on. There, <laughs> anyway, London, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, um, I just love the looks of the likes of the, the players that are coming in. As I said, I think we need a few, uh, just a couple more, and sure. hopefully that they're gel and we're going from there. Um, cups, so forth, it's too early to say. I never. What's say your it. thoughts on Declan Rice? Oh, Declan that's, Rice. That's that's I know it's going on. We're not really going. I know. I mean, the boy loves Chelsea. He wants to come here. But that's the situation. He's at West West Ham, isn't he? I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's a contract there. Chelsea had the money. Are they prepared to pay that for him? Um, he knows Mount. He knows boys. You know what I mean? It really is about Chelsea, uh, Abanovic, where he wants to say, afford that. You know what I mean? What do you think that about player? him as a player in general? Like, as a player? A good player. Yeah I, yeah, I think he's a player. I, like I think, yeah. I think he's a good player, good player. I mean, I think he can fit in well at Chelsea, most definitely. Um, for the games he plays, yeah, definitely. So that's what it is. We need some players. You know what I mean? And if that's the right, right players for us, then go and get them. Go and get them. Fair enough. Um, I think that wraps up everything. Matt, Marv, do you have anything that you want to add? Anything no. you want to ask him? I'd say thank you, Paul, for this uh, coming on and giving us all of your time that you've given. It's been it's fantastic to learn even more about the club, as always. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I, I echo you know, that as well. Go thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Camille, and I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. I had fun. I enjoyed that, to be honest. Um, us too. It's not, yeah, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a one-way in. I hope it went one way because it's always talking about racing, racism, but it was a lot more than that. And that's what I enjoyed. So I hope your listeners will enjoy that. Um, you know what I mean? Until the next time, um, this is Canners. Check out the foundation, the Paul Canner Foundation. Uh, and please, if you can share your, some support, please do. Good luck. Absolutely. So, Let's... yeah, we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna plug that like I said in yeah in our description and all that kind of stuff and you know I'll I'll tag you in it and then you can retweet it whatever you want to do hey, um we'll and do then we'll go from there but again, thank you man from me to you thank you so so much for coming on it's been an absolute honor um hey, for all of us pleasure. all diehard Chelsea fans and, and you're a legend <laughs> to us so we, we really appreciate it hey thanks again man have a good evening and have a good weekend you thank too take care appreciate it, Kenneth. All right, guys, that was Paul Canneville, fucking legend of Chelsea Football Club. Um, and we touched on a lot of topics today. Um, we, we touched on racism. We touched on current current Chelsea. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it. Um, Marv, how did you think that episode went? That was fantastic. And what a great thing to be a part of. Thanks for having us on Worldwide Chelsea been awesome so yeah i enjoyed it great to speak to canners really enjoyed everything the insights i hope that everyone else is going to really enjoy listening to because it's uh you know connecting more of the history of our club and kind of you know the things we didn't know about for a lot of people it'd be great to kind of share that absolutely absolutely and uh, matt what do you think oh just what what a moment to be on first podcast and what a guy to have on king canners absolutely brilliant guy good subjects we were speaking on and I think we've all got to do our bit for racism. Um, 
and just sharing the word some education it's perfect i think this is perfect for the fans no doubt um so this will be you know we're going to be doing more random episodes like this and we're hoping to get more and more guests on um maybe to not you know starting off with canners and hopefully we can build up for this but as always people thank you for listening my name is kamal and as always 